0: You're listening to Popcorn Conspiracy on CentralCoastRadio.com I'm one of your hosts Kyle and I'd like to talk about the opening night film of the German Film Festival which is currently playing as part of the German Film Festival It's called A Thousand Lines and well it's about fake news Now that, that very term alone is enough to get a lot of people's eyes rolling, um, especially those of the, the the men and women behind Chronic, which is Europe's, at least in the course of this movie, it's Europe's most popular weekly news magazine. Now, in the age of dying print media, uh, this German language magazine Chronic delivers hard-hitting and emotional stories of investigative journalism across the world. Now for the last few years this success is thanks largely to their wunderkind 20-something reporter Lars Bogenius played by Jonas Ney. Bogenius's ability as a journalist have won him multiple awards and seen him become the top reporter in Germany. There is a problem, however, and that is that Bogenius is also Germany's greatest bullshit artist. Or so freelance journalist Juan Romero Elias Mimbeek, uh played by Elias Mimbeck starts to think when he's asked to collaborate on a, a feature story. Is hard, he has his hard-hitting expose on a violent racist American militia called Border Wolves and it just it seems just that little bit too fantastical to be true and with his own reputation at risk uh, Juan Romero decides to investigate with his photographer friend Milo played by Michael Ostrowski now pulling on this thread it it risks bringing chronic to its knees and he faces losing his career and his family if he's wrong but as a journalist isn't that kind of what he's supposed to do he's supposed to seek out the truth now yeah so this movie was actually as i'm sure a lot of people probably may know from the description there it was inspired by the, uh, the 2018 Spiegel-y, Spiegelgate affair, which, um, a prominent, in which a prominent journalist for a German magazine called Der Spiegel, uh, he admitted to falsifying articles on a grand scale, and a thousand lines kind of follows in the wake of, of a lot of films about journalistic integrity, like movies like Spotlight, The Post, uh, She said, or uh, All the President's Men. Uh, but this movie ha- is helmed by a fairly well-known comedy director. Um, his previous his most recent movie, uh, Balloon, which was I believe the opening night film for one of the previous uh German film festivals uh michael bully herbig he, he takes a much more satirical look at the news in this in this kind of a true story but not really kind of movie <laughs> um like, while I do think that this would have been better suited to a straight-faced story of fraud, um, It it is full of laughs from uh, beginning to end. Uh, uh, Herman Floren's scripts and, and characters, they really bite at the heart of of the type of people, or type of journalists who have kind of eradicated the public's respect for the news um chronics managing directors in this movie uh they pride themselves on this facade of of integrity and they stand up for the truth and and all that it's it's in there it's in their company motto but at the very in the same breath they'll demand that that their journalists will change their stories and make them more Tarantino-esque um actually uh right from the beginning uh the the article that that Juan Romero is is told to make this kind of he's literally told exactly the type of article that he has to he and this burginious guy is going to write who exactly the kind of people that they're going to be interviewing for it and exactly the kind of uh exactly the kind of story that they want and yeah it's it's so ridiculous but that's kind of that is kind of the point it, it's that's how these magazines kind of work they are very they are very uh, orchestrated I guess um I guess I I, I do think that this... I really do think that this would have been better as a, um... As a... As a... Uh, as a serious movie. But I, 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 it is... The movie, it is really elevated by... The the lovable schlub main character of Juan. Um, uh, in Beric, he, he plays the part of this struggling husband and, and father of four daughters with there's this real charm and you can't help but root for the guy in this like uphill battle like often it it feels like he's the only sane person in in a world full of of people who are looking more for excuses to explain a a blatant falsehood than to even question it like they'll like one will point out wait this doesn't make sense Say to his wife, he'll he'll explain that to his wife, and his wife will just give an explanation. no oh, no, maybe this must be why. Oh no, it must be right. And it's like everyone just seems to be kind of nuts, except for one. And um, I I find much of the to be honest. Speaking of his wife, I find much much of the the personal aspect of the movie, such as the one's arguments with his wife over his obsession with the truth and um kind of his being away from his family and 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 stuff like that i think that really kind of fails to tie back into the main plot in in a real uh in a cohesive way like the the scenes with his four young daughters like they're cute and all but i don't think they serve um i think they 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 more distract from the core narrative than add to it and on top of that I mean the the fact that they focus so much on Juan's store on Ron's um uh like building up his his family and his back character his backstory and stuff like that it kind of just highlights how thin most of the other characters in the movie are they none of the other characters in the movie get the kind of focus on their families as much as as Juan does. And to be honest for such a short film it is only about 90 minutes. I would have liked to have seen that time spent more on the uh, the investigation that Juan and Milo um, do into geniusius's other articles. Um, this is something that is hinted at, but it happens off screen. The, the idea that Juan and Milo, when they start to find out that, wait, this, this, uh, this, uh, border wall story seems to be mostly made up. We're going to have to investigate his other stories as well. It, it really happens off screen, not off screen. You don't really see a whole lot of, of, of that expanded on. And I think that was really a pity because I thought that was where that's where the core of the movie was for me um i i think another problem that might come because of of the comedic tone speaking of pergenius um is that he never come this 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 laws character he never really comes off as this master manipulator this 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 perfect liar that this um like he never really comes off like a a talented mr ripley type of person that they're really trying to paint him (laughs) as um i mean i i it it's just really blatant from the first words that he says in the first scene that he's in that he's a pathological liar uh he's talking about his sick sister and you're even getting flashes of his his sister who's who's clearly really ill but you can just tell that he's he's full of it you know like I, I think that the actor playing him this this he he's actually perfectly cast because he looks almost identical to the 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 real person that the character is based on but there's this lack of confidence behind Every one of his fibs that nobody seems to pick up on, except for one. And added to that, I, I think at times it feels like the film has no faith in the viewer's astuteness. <laughs> like there's fourth wall breaks that are used heavily to hammer home what is happening, or, or to to simply. Voice a, a character's motivations aloud, like they don't just trust the audience to be able to figure out what is happening or to even understand why a character is doing a certain thing. They literally have to stop the movie and have that character talk to the screen and explain what they're doing. And it just—it's really—it's really over the top. And I know it's stylish. I know that's kind of the. The, that that's st- the stylish way of, of storytelling. It it actually does in some other ways lead to some creative scenes. Like um, there's these heated emails that are going on between Ron and uh, and Laws, and it's kind of portrayed visually as as Laws uh, talking down to to Ron. And they're actually put they, they it's shown as they're in a classroom and Lars is talking down to Juan as if he's he's a literal child you know and it's like that kind of stuff is is that kind of stuff is interesting there's some cool split screen stuff um there are there are interesting things done in this movie but yeah in in other ways I don't think that it really I think that a, a more serious take on the movie would have helped helped, uh, just really hammer, hammer some things home a lot better than just simply explaining them to the audience. Um, that said, A, a Thousand Lines, it's an entertaining film and it's kind of about the failings of journalism and fake news, but it's also about the importance of, of journalism as well. Um, like that's something that the the movie kind of to be honest it kind of pulls it out as kind of like a hail mary kind of thing right at the very end but the point is like like who knows how long in in real life these this virginia this large virginia's character how long he would have been lying and getting away with it if it hadn't been for a, a reporter investigating him And doing the right thing um it it the movie's still a little rough around the edges but it's a it's a it's a somewhat command it's a commendable enough film about the the one of the greatest recent scandals in in the news in the the world of news so um i'm gonna give this three out of five myself as i say it's currently part of the german film festival and yeah I there's plenty of other movies that are playing there worth checking out there's one called The Fox I believe that I'm really hoping to get a chance to go see and yeah there's there's plenty of other movies that are playing as part of the German Film Festival so uh yeah check that out as well. Now you're listening to the popcorn conspiracy on CentralCoastRadio.com, and we will be back right after this.
1: There is a house in New Orleans. Big-
2: And welcome back to The Popcorn Conspiracy on centralcoastradio.com, where we're going to take a look at another film that's in cinemas right now. The film is called Jesus Revolution, and it basically looks at the ministry of Lonnie Frisbee, uh, played by Jonathan Rumi, and also Chuck Smith, played by Kelsey Grammer, who started a movement that was called the Jesus Revolution um, in America in the, the 60s and 70s. Now, basically, this all started out with Chuck Smith being the pastor at a church that was a church with a closed door. Um, they didn't really welcome in strangers. And at this time, this was when the hippie movement was happening in America as well. And there was... Certainly no way religion was going to be open to these people. Um, Now, Chuck's daughter, Jeanette, played by Ali Iones, um, she's kind of disgusted by her dad's attitude um, towards hippies whenever they come on television or anything like that. One day, um, she challenges him that he should sit down and talk to a hippie, something that he isn't very open to. But as luck would have it on that day... She runs into Lonnie as he's hitchhiking. Um, She pulls over, picks him up, and takes him home to meet her dad. Now, Lonnie is a little bit different to most hippies because apart from being a hippie, he is also a Christian. Um, So she takes him home to meet her dad. At the same time, we're watching the story of Greg, played by Joel Courtney, um, who is a young boy who has basically had to be the man of his household and look after his mother who is normally drunk. Um, He's at military school, but he hates that. He wants to explore the freedom side of things, and his life changes when he meets Kathy, played by Anna Grace Barlow, who is part of the hippie lifestyle. Um, Soon they start going out, but Kathy has questions. She wants to know if there's more to life especially after she almost watches her sister die of a drug overdose at a gathering um together all of their paths eventually cross and it becomes a story about not only the ministry of uh lonnie and chuck but also the story of greg and kathy as well lee what did you think of this film
3: this was a brilliant film i love that it's based on actual events So, true story, Um, and I thought the acting was really amazing. Um, I really do love faith based films, and in saying that, sometimes the acting doesn't quite hit the mark, and you know, often we kind of give a bit of leeway for that for faith based films coming into um, the secular world, I suppose. Um, But I think in this case, um, and with other. There are other films too that are really good that are faith-based, but this one in particular is hard-hitting. It, um, really addresses, um, real issues. It doesn't, um, kind of hide from big issues and it is, um, a film of acceptance, but also lots of challenges, um, challenges. It's an inspiring film. I found myself um, being truly inspired um, by a number of the characters and also the way that um, these people have changed um, and changed their point of view, changed the way that they interact with people, um, have open arms and love people. Um, But also there's complexities within that because it also shows what happens when um, media gets involved and a movement becomes so big, um, how do you conduct yourself or um, do your values align with other people in your team? Um, So there's all those conflicts that arise and are dealt with really well. Um, I truly recommend this movie and yeah, I I find that it's hard-hitting, inspiring and challenging.
2: Yeah, one of my big criticisms of faith-based films over the years have been that um, normally the acting is not great, the script is normally kind of mediocre, but also the films themselves don't want to offend the little 80-year-old lady that goes to church on a Sunday. So they, if there's anything like drug-taking or anything in the film, they'll skip over it to the point where it almost feels like you're watching a high school production and it looks really, really bad. Now... The guys behind this film are the same people that made I Still Believe, um, with K.J. Appa and Britt Robinson a few years ago, and I think these guys really know what they're doing. John Irwin and Brent McCorkle really know how to make a faith-based film, but make it so that it's going to relate to everyday people, um... One of the first things that hit me about this film was the performances of the actors and also even having somebody like Kelsey Grammer, like they did with I Still Believe, where they went and got KJ Appa from Riverdale and they got Britt Robinson. They went out and got a known actor, which straight away makes people interested. Like People were referring to this film to me as the Kelsey Grammer film. They didn't know anything else about the film. They just wanted to go and see it because Kelsey Grammer was in it, but... I love the fact that these guys don't skirt over issues. Like, mm. um, there is drug use in this film, mm. and it's realistic. Um, it's not that kind of thing where you, you're watching an actor who's never smoked a joint in their life trying to pretend that they're smoking a joint and it comes across as really unrealistic. But this film is really, really realistic with the with the things that they portray. And I think... Hopefully a lot of other people out there who wanna make faith-based films take a, a a lesson from what these guys are doing with their films because I think when you compare this to like the last faith-based film that we reviewed, this film is ten times better. Um it holds your interest throughout the entire film. Um the acting is amazing. Young Joel Courtney and um Anna Grace Barlow do such a an amazing job um with their Performances in this film. You can tell that Kelsey Grammer is enjoying himself playing this role as well. Um, I know there's always been a a bit of a rumour that he's a bit of a grump, Kelsey Grammer, but you could see that he was having a lot of fun um, with this role while he was playing the role. Also, I think that Jonathan Rumi did a really good job with this as well. The other thing that I really love that these directors and the writers of this film did that quite often gets left out of faith-based films is... They investigated the challenges as well. Um, like the at one point in this movie, the fame starts to go to Lonnie's head and he mm. has to get reined in by Chuck. Yep. Um, they talk about that here. They talk about the fact that these, what a lot of people would call two great men of faith, had flaws. And those flaws um, were there and for everybody to see. So I think... What um, John Irwin and Brett McCorkle have done with this film is absolutely amazing and and we should credit their screenwriters as well because they had a a team of screenwriters working on this but it also used um, non-Christian music as well which works sometimes when I watch these um, films. They'll have a non-Christian teenager, but they'll be listening to a Christian artist because they only want to use Christian music in the film. You're thinking, there's no way that teenager would be listening to that song. Um, In this, they did play the music that hippies were listening to at that time, songs by Janis Joplin and and The Doors and people like that. So um, an amazing soundtrack. Everything comes together so well with this film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, What are you going to give this one out of five, Lee?
3: I'm actually going to give it five out of five. I left the theatre, as I said, inspired, challenged. Um, yeah, I I love that it challenges churches of today. So while um, it's, you know, based back, you know, in the 60s, is that right? Yeah, the
2: 60s. 60s and early 70s. Um,
3: you can, you really get the same message today that churches need to embrace people. They do not need to change their um their belief system but they do need to change um how they embrace people and love people um and throw out some of the man made politics that are that are actually not biblical. Um they're man made. So um you know keep your faith, keep your beliefs Um, Follow the Bible, but love people and find ways to connect with people and encourage people and support people who are going through tough times. So the challenge is there. That's why I give it five out of five.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give this one four out of five. And like you, I think there's a, a lesson in there that a lot of Christians and a lot of churches can... Can take away from this film but like I said it's just it's such a realistic film and for that I take my hat off to John Irwin and Brent McCorkle so there you go I gave Jesus Revolution four stars Lee gave it five stars it is on limited release so please check your local cinema guide to see when it is screening near you you're listening to The Popcorn Conspiracy on centralcoastradio.com.
1: won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amens. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Oh Lord, won't you buy me... A color TV dialing four dollars is trying to find me I wait for delivery each day until three so oh Lord won't you buy me a color TV oh Lord won't you buy me a night on the town I'm counting on you Lord please don't let me down